give him more of the benefit of the doubt and give your her friend, friend less. less. Jinx. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello, you. Feels like it's been a minute since we've done a QA. It does. Because of those recaps. Damn, recaps. Like, even though we've been in this position, I don't, I, this feels unfamiliar. It's true. But I confess, I think I might be more into what we're about to discuss. Perhaps. Which is your questions. Shall we begin? Mm hmm. This first question is from Anonymous. Our favorite. Should I begin with an anonymous? There are a lot of anonymi in this Q&A. Yes. Yes. Let's hear what anonymous okay. number 68 has to say. Okay. There's no dear Shandy, by the way. She just gets right to it. Oh. First, I would like to say that I love your podcast and have watched every single episode. Okay. She's forgiven. <laughs> I am a 19-year-old female living in Texas. Hmm. My family is from Asia, so we have a very traditional culture when it comes to dating. I will graduate high school this year and will be going into a university that is two hours away from my hometown. I have a boyfriend that is 23 years old that just graduated from college as a mechanical engineer major. We met back when I was 17 years old and we have been dating for a year and five months now. I would say he is the first relationship I have and also my first love. In the year that we have been together, I would say that I have laughed a lot and enjoyed all the little moments that we spend together. I wouldn't say he's a romantic guy in general, but he is very thoughtful. For instance, he would always make sure to call me to see if I made it home safely if he knows that I am out. Also, he would always ask if I am hungry or if I want to, wanted to drink anything every time I get in his car to go on a date mm. or to just hang. This might not be a big deal to others, but I consider it a thoughtful gesture since I love food. <laughs> Anonymous is our person. Mm -hmm. He doesn't make grand gestures, but he notices the little things. Because he is older and more mature than the guys I have known in my life, I feel safe and cared for. For example, if my car broke down in the middle of the road, I feel that I can just call him and he will know exactly what to do. He has very similar characteristics as my dad in terms of their calmness and their patience. I have always said I want someone that will love me like how my dad loves my mom, which I clearly see with my boyfriend. With that being said, dun dun dun. Ooh, yeah, it sounds okay. We're great. <laughs> Next question. We're good to go. With that being said, of course he has faults as well. Hmm. He is very forgetful and would sometimes run late on our dates, which gets me frustrated at times. Moving on to my predicament, I have always wanted my first relationship to just be casual and not turn into anything serious. However, now that I am in a serious relationship with him, he's bringing up his five-year plan, which includes marriage and career, and it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Also, I have seen that first love does not usually work out, and even if they do work out, the love fizzles out during their marriage. I have heard that from other people, and I have seen it myself with three couples that are close to me. I know every relationship is different, but as an overthinker, I can't help but be scared that it will happen to me. He dated a lot of people during his prime years, as he likes to call it. Okay, that's hilarious. He's 23. <laughs> his prime years were when he was like 13. So he's 23. They've been dating a year and five months. Yeah. So yeah, his prime year is what, 2021? The guy moves fast. <laughs> he got it all out of his system. Yeah, I and mean, that's it. He's ready to retire soon. 
He dated a lot of people during his prime years, as he likes to call it, and is ready to settle down with me whenever I feel ready. I made it clear to him that I will not marry until I get my bachelor's degree first, since I want to fulfill my duty as a first-generation student in my household. He said he is willing to wait until then, as he also has his internships and career to work on as well. As much as I love my boyfriend, I am scared that I will be making a mistake by not exploring my options first. However, I do not want to lose my boyfriend because of the things people feed me and things I have seen personally with other relationships. I am an overthinker, so I am unsure if this is the case of me just overthinking as usual. My question to y'all is, do you think first love can make it long term or do you guys think I should explore my options more? Please help out a very confused and scared 19-year-old. I feel like this is such a common theme we're seeing with questions in general. Yeah. Usually they're older than 19. Well, I mean, this is a a little bit of a loaded question because she's basically saying the guy is great, except for the fact that he's late sometimes. Yeah. Which, I mean, isn't a humongous red flag considering everything else lines up. Yeah. And then he kind of wants to like, he's got like a plan to move forward. So Mm -hmm. basically she's just questioning like am i ready to do this yes because like literally the guy's apparently perfect except for the fact that he's a few minutes late here and there like it's not really a deal breaker i do feel like if she came on as a caller there would we would find oh oh yeah there would we would get under (laughs) the under the rock there'd be a lot of little bugs but (laughs) she's not telling us clearly he's not perfect but she in her question we have to use the evidence given Mm -hmm. she seems to paint we need specificity, but yes. Yes. According, I mean, this was a, she a was reasonably pretty, lengthy. She was pretty specific about know. his good qualities. Yes. And very quick about his one bad quality. Did I hear more than one? Yeah, I would say the main pause is her. Yeah. So it's really an issue is, is she ready? She has a guy who seemingly fits the bill. Yep. Is she ready? And it's very hard for me to say one way or another, you know, No, go on and experience life and date a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. Or no, you have a good guy in front of you. Don't question love. Just go forward and, you know, forget about that. You, 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 it's it's not worth it. You found true love. It's not possible to answer the question with the evidence she's given. Therefore, (laughs) I'm going to give my opinion. Yeah. If I was in her shoes. Yes. I would say, stop. Drop. Drop. <laughs> yes. Very good. And roll. And roll. <laughs> nice. Thank you for the assist there. You're welcome. Yeah. And a <laughs> basketball reference. So it's like a mixed metaphor. So, um, yeah, I would say if she's having these kind of second thoughts. And again, we have the advantage of knowing that she has written into a podcast. Yeah. Which is I, always a bit of a Trump card, honestly. It bothered her enough. It has been haunting her enough that she's writing into a podcast. Well, you know what it is? It's in these fence calls where I think it really helps us. It's Absolutely. Like, it's it like, helps sort of tip it over one way. It's like the at the end of Match Point. Was it the piece of evidence? Like, I'm totally spoiling the movie, but where it hits the, the railing. Do you I, know what you're talking about? I, I, I saw the movie, but I don't remember the scene. It's a famous scene. I happen I mean, to love Match Point. Famous, I like the way you have declared it a famous scene. Like, I don't remember that. I watch every movie that's ever been made. I don't remember this scene. Anyway, but I trust you. Yeah, it's something that's just right on the railing and teetering, and then it goes... Or it's like a tennis ball that lands on the net, and then, like, 
wobbles over. That's probably a better example that more people can relate but to. But also related to tennis. <laughs> yeah. So, so so her writing in to Dear Shandy, even though she didn't write Dear Shandy, mm. is the tiniest breeze moving the ball into one yes. side of the court. Right. And I, I, that's a good, good analogy. And I, I firmly believe that had it not been for her writing in, mm-hmm. if I had just met her yep. and she brought this up, I wouldn't have an opinion. But my opinion is, I have to take a side here. I'm going to say, as hard as this may be, I think she needs to move on. Maybe he's going to be there when she come, when she's done exploring. I, I doubt it. But it's her life. She's 19. She's so young. She's okay. I'm just going to get. Yeah. I So obviously, I agree with you. I feel like. These sort of fence calls are always tough when there's no catalyst. She is in school right now, right? She's or she's in a- school. She's 19. So. I will graduate high school this year. Oh Look, my god. I, I know. I, I I agree. It's she's it's, so young. I don't know what's with people wanting to rush this. Well, you know what the problem is is when you're going into college, you feel at that time you feel like you're a real adult. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have perspective, even though like, you're not yet. Yeah, We're just like, gonna say it. You're not. You're not. <laughs> I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what life experience you've had. You're still not an adult at that age. Um, and I remember at that age, I thought I was like, I was like, this, I'm a man. I'm fully, this is it. It's just from here on in, it's just me like, you know, accomplishing things. I'm not going to grow anymore as an adult. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I was like an embryo. Like, I didn't know <laughs> what the hell was going on. I was in diapers. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say I, I agree with you. The relationship I had when I was 19 I was a completely different human than than I am now. Mm-hmm. So, I've seen pictures. You look like a kid. <laughs> Anonymous. I don't mean for it to sound like we're belittling no. the relationship. And it she's act- very well spoken and very articulate. Yes. So she's an adult in many ways, but in the relationship department, she is a baby. Yeah. And th- there's nothing that you should be. We also have to make that clear. Of course. Clear. No, of course. At 19, you should be. She's actually too far. She's a baby, but she's, she's, she's making believe she's an adult. She's too far along. This is my thought on this. The true gut reaction we get from this, because a lot of it is like, this is wonderful. He does this. I like food. He, he notices if I am hungry. Like, it's just very sweet. There's something very just pure about this relationship from what we can gather from this one email. But that true gut reaction that I'm getting from this is it's freaking me out a little bit that he's giving the five-year plan of marriage, Mm -hmm. career, and just sort of him planning, which shows that he's future-oriented and and is serious about her, and that's wonderful. And she's lucky to have such a healthy relationship that she can grow from and learn what compromise means and love herself in and... I, I think it's she's lucky, you know, not every 19 year old is lucky enough to have such a pure, from what we can tell, relationship. Mm-hmm. Sure. That said, the, it freaked me out a little bit. I truly believe that your 20s are a sacred time that are just so precious. And they what are you? What are you? Sacred. Sacred. No, I'm just thinking that, you, you know. Like the things you do in your in your twenties, sacred doesn't really fit with it. But I get I get what you're saying, you get and what I I'm agree. Saying. It's a really special time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a time when you're discovery. kind of discovery. It's the discovery period. It's the discovery period when you can kind of get away with shit that you can't get away with in the same yeah. way in your thirties. You're free. You're, you're free. Ex- you're playing adult. You're, you're for the first time in your life. You're playing adult. Yes, and 
you get to start making money and figuring out what friends you would choose to have in your circle when you're not just sort of thrown into the same high school. Like, and making mistakes and have to deal, have, having to deal with your mistakes on your own as opposed to someone cleaning up the mess for yeah. you. Yeah. And you're not really protected by being a student in a high school, although she's about to be a student in university, so it's not even quite the same. It's just that, f- to me, when I look back, one of the greatest joys of my 20s was that sense of discovery. And mm. that applies to all arenas, yeah. including dating. And, and I will say this to close. I think we've, we've, I think we've covered this one. Yeah, I mean, there's we can't really give an answer to this, to I, be honest. I have an answer. It's a, it's a qualified answer. Okay. And I will ask her, anonymous, this question. Okay. Can you live look, with... Look at her. Oh, <laughs> you, anonymous. <laughs> can you, anonymous, can you live without this guy? Can you envision a life where he doesn't exist in your life? And if you can... I would say move on. Yeah, I can see it needing more of a of a catalyst. I always talk about the catalyst. But in this case, I don't think it's enough to be like, oh, I want to be single now for no reason other than just generally wanting to be single. I think it's more likely that she'll go off to school. Maybe she'll develop an interest in someone. She'll just sort of become immersed in yeah. this next chapter of her the, life. And that brings about, of course, a whole other slew of opportunities and, and humans and interests. It's, it's a perfect inflection point here because she has the excuse. And it's not really an excuse. It's, it's real. She's in a different place. She's starting a new adventure. She's away from him. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're apart. She can say, look, I, I, you know, we're not together. Like, I'm going to be at school. We're not going to see each other a lot. Like, I'm going on this whole new adventure, for lack of a better yeah. word. And I think that I'm not ready to settle down. It's, it's really, it's an age-old conversation. It's not that big a deal. There doesn't, he doesn't have to go out, get drunk, and cheat with a bunch of girls. Yeah. It can just be like, hey, I, I, I am in a place in my life where I don't think I'm ready for the five-year plan mm-hmm. that you have. And I love you, and I care about you, and I really want to be with you, and I wish we had met you know, five years okay. down the road. Yes, and that, that I wish we had met. I literally have said that to every boyfriend I've broken up with. Mm-hmm. I wish we met at this age or at that time, usually later, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm honest, usually later in life because I was not done yet. And if, it helps too that there were often catalysts or I realized that they weren't what I was looking for. But even that, I don't really even get from this email the sense that she has fully fleshed out what it is she is looking for. It's more that... He's great and it's good and she hasn't yet discovered what holes need filling. Oh my God, that sounded sexual, but you mm. knew what I meant. It could be both meanings. <laughs> you just, you learn that from just living life and going out and having these new adventures. Yeah. That seems to be the word of the day. I know that based on her email that she will, if she does, if she stays with this guy. She'll always she'll wonder. She'll always have that, that, that just thorn Yes, which, by the way, is completely valid. Yeah. Because she's 19. She's 19. 19. 19. There's a song, Hey 19. It's literally about how a 19-year-old girl is basically a baby. No (laughs) offense to 19-year-old girls. Yeah. And And they are girls, by the way. I would ordinarily say women. (laughs) A 19-year-old is a girl. Uh, Anonymous, 
we cannot possibly answer this question. It's a great example of a question we cannot answer. Except to say, you wrote into a podcast, and as people who are considerably older than you, we think there's a lot of life to live in your 20s, and a, a lot of discovery, mm-hmm. and one of the great joys of your 20s is to have those adventures that can allow you to later in life truly feel you have no regrets. And, and if I, I don't want to really put a sledgehammer down on this, but <laughs> if I, not that I ever do that, but if I had to think of one thing that I'm truly grateful for, mm-hmm. like more than almost anything else, is that I didn't marry my first girlfriend. Yeah. Which is something I was considering. Yeah, I considered marrying my first boyfriend. I Oof. thought about it a lot. Like, I cannot tell you the terror I feel just thinking about had I made that decision. <laughs> wow. You know, it seems simple, but it's really not. Because conversely, you could argue if it ain't broke... You know, there's nothing wrong Just with this relationship. Just writing into a podcast. There's a, little, there's a little fissure. You're right. That, the breeze. I think that nothing needs to be done at this moment, but she needs to do a little soul searching. Yeah. And this whole chapter is ahead of her. How many, come on, how many people in high school go to college or university with a boyfriend or girlfriend? And then that kind of solves itself, let's be honest. Yeah. It, it often usually does. does. Mm-hmm. And be, for the very reasons we're mentioning. It's a new chapter, discovery, Look, options, interests. It's, you realize what you want that you don't currently get in your relationship. It, it hurts my heart to think of someone who at 19 commits to someone for the rest of their life with reservations. It hurts my heart. <laughs> I feel I actually am holding it. My heart's hurting. <laughs> anyway, if you can live without him, it's over. If you can't live without him, you got a lot of soul searching to do, Anonymous. For me, I I say it ain't broke yet. You just growing up a bit and learning what it is you really want may sort of resolve this on its own. But I would say at the two-year mark, if you still don't feel like comfortable committing to something long-term, I mean, why? what's this for? I I don't want to be a dick, but I... It, I'm, I'm, I'm really sitting with this more. And the more we discuss it, the more I realize that she should just start thinking of a, of a medium an term game, game. Yeah. An exit plan. Before we wrap, there's just one thing I want to touch on. She talks about how she's graduating high school. She'll be going to a university that's two hours away from her hometown. Two hours is not crazy, Mm-mm. but again, this might resolve itself just from observing and living and discovering. And adventuring. Yes. Anonymous, I know that was sort of a non-answer, but it's, you're not going to get a... Not not for me. I've, I've gone <laughs> into the full answer zone. I hate to be that guy, but yeah, I I'm mean... trying to save her life. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. I'm just here to save lives. All right, Anonymous, good luck. This question is from A. Maybe it's Anonymous. <laughs> Dear Shandy. I've listened to every podcast episode so far, and I appreciate the work that goes into it. I appreciate how Charlene is always dressed up <laughs> and seems to always what have... What about ev- me? 
No. And seems to always have everything under control. Mm, yeah. Thanks, A. I agree, I too. She's got it under control. In your episodes with couples, she always knows how to redirect the conversation back to the topic. A, a girl after my own heart. I hope that you know you are appreciated. Wow. I'm touched. So nice. Thank you, A. My question slash problem is not about a romantic relationship, but rather a friendship. I, 27 female, have a friend, also 27 female, since high school. So we have been friends for over a decade, about 13 years to be precise. I think she is a wonderful person. She has many great qualities and she's very caring and fun to be around. With that being said, there are also some things that she does lately that I can't seem to get past. I will list some examples. She is always late, no exceptions. When we're meeting just the two of us, she will be at least 15 minutes late. And if we're in a group setting, she will be one to two hours late. If I tell her that if she doesn't show up on time that I will leave, she will maybe get there on time. I have left on multiple occasions, but it doesn't get better. Wow. Next bullet point. Mm. Once she told me to come to her house to hang out with her and a couple of friends. It takes me half an hour via public transport to get there. When I got there, she wasn't at home. (laughs) What's amazing is that I I get that she's late to like destinations. It's amazing that she's late to be at her own house. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's true. That takes skill. When I got there, she wasn't at home. It was a cold December night and I had to wait for an hour and a half outside for her to arrive. Usually I would go home, but she invited some friends that I hadn't seen for a while and I wanted to see them. I gotta be honest, I'm done right there. I'm not friends with her anymore. Right there. That's my analysis. There's still two more bullet points. Yeah, I'm done after middle second bullet point. I'm out. (laughs) It turns out that she went to pick them up, but she left her apartment too late. Hmm. Once we agreed to go to a furniture store on Saturday at 11 a.m., she chose the time. On Saturday at 10 a.m., I messaged her just to remind her and she didn't reply. I waited for her to pick me up and she didn't show up. Mm. At 1 p.m. she woke up and apologized, but the damage was already done. Needless to say, we didn't go. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's she's ridic- a cartoon character. It's, she's a cartoon character. who It's like, um, who's, the one, who's the one from Peanuts who always has like stink around? Oh, um, Pigpen. Yeah, like there's something like over-the-top caricature-like She's a caricature of lateness. She yeah. personifies lateness. Yeah, she is like a cartoon character who's always frazzled and running behind and just overwhelmed. That's that cartoon character. It's not the very interesting cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> a relatable one? I don't want to be friends with a cartoon character or the real person. Unfortunately, there's still one more bullet point. I, I mean, Should I? The, it's just the, 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 the nail is in the coffin. Now you're just splintering the coffin. <laughs> Once she had an agreement with my mother to make her a poster for her business, and in return she would give her something from her business, which is quite valuable. Think, for example, an equivalent to using a car for a month. A year later, she didn't do it, and I had to learn how to do it in order to make it. So I guess she's still talking about the poster. I told her that I made it, and I sent it to her and asked if she could make some minor adjustments, because I didn't know how. She said she would do it that evening. Guess what? She didn't. I reminded her the next day, and she said she would do it that day. She didn't. Two weeks have passed, and I had to finish it myself. There are many more examples, but it all comes down to one thing. 
She doesn't respect me. She's like that to everyone and our friends think I shouldn't take it personally because it's just how she is. And I know that that is true. In her mind, she's probably not disrespecting me. But if I have to wait out in the cold for an hour and a half or move my plans because of her, how am I supposed to not take it personally? She sometimes apologizes, but not always. Honestly, her apology does not mean anything to me anymore. Mm -hmm. If she keeps doing it again and, and again, is she even sorry? I have tried to tell her all of this and she's not willing to listen. She will sometimes just say, okay, in order to stop the conversation. She would rather not talk to me than admit she did anything wrong. I'm at my wit's end. Shandy, what should I do? I mean. Hmm. Well, look. Oh. I mean, this is, this is, I'm going to try to give her the benefit of the doubt. You're giving the friend the benefit of the doubt? I'm giving the friend. I'm trying. I'm going to try my best. Just give me, hear me out. Okay. There has to be a bullet point list of good qualities, unless this girl's a masochist and all mm-hmm. this girl's friends are masochists. Yeah. She's got to be in some ways really good to balance out this really terrible lack of respect and irresponsibility and lateness, all that stuff. Yeah. So without me knowing any good things about her. <laughs> she sounds pretty terrible. Yeah. Maybe she's in like she's the greatest friend that's ever been on Earth, except for those things. My guess is she's probably an average friend and she has those problems. But I cannot for sure say that she should cut ties with this girl because I don't know why she's been friends with her. Why has she been friends? What's so great about this girl? Is she there because it's like a sister thing where she's like, well, we were friends when we were kids yeah, and I just kind of like the thing. I was gonna have s- to still be friends I'm going to go out on that limb and say they're friends because they've been friends, which is the case yeah. for a lot of friendships. Mm hmm. And I know I've had friendships like that. Sure, we all have. And to be honest, they are oftentimes more work than they're worth if it turns into something like this. Yeah. Like in this case, I, I have to wonder, I, I kind of wish there was a paragraph of her redeeming qualities That's because it's, I wanted to hear. we would be kind of crazy to be like, oh, it's fine or try to talk it out when it just sort of feels like she should cut this. Am I crazy? Or just, she doesn't have to even cut it officially. She could just be like, you know what? Oh no, slow, I'm saying slow fade. I've done this before with the friendship question. Yeah, like really slow fade, but just be like, hey, you want to meet up to go shopping today? Like, oh no, I'm busy. And then a the couple weeks later, hey, you want to meet up to go to this party? No, I actually, my I have to have plans with my mom. You know, just keep making excuses. Again, assuming she doesn't have redeeming qualities that you actually do want to hang out with her for no but she needs to be punished and i think the (laughs) i I, I hate to say it but the best way to do it is to just blow her off constantly and then make her think wait a minute am i getting what i deserve what bothers me is that when she confronts her and tries to talk to her about it i'm I'm curious how that unfolds and if she does it she's not receptive yeah and again i do think the approach matters Clearly, this girl is, you know, relaxed about time. We've talked before about being late. And I, I personally don't think chronic lateness is the, is the worst crime in the world. If it is 10, 15 minutes and it is apologetic. I, I think I've touched on this before. The, but there are a couple of these examples are pretty rough. Honest? Like an hour and a half. What, are you just not, she's just not thinking of another person's experience. I, I have 
I have a couple of friends who are like my late friends. Mm-hmm. Some friends consider me yes. the late friend, but it's like lateness within total reason. The way this girl is behaving, I honestly, I, I feel like she's like maybe a drug addict. Like it's not normal lateness. I, I don't want to like, you know, suggest you know, that she's got substance issues. abuse problems, but this doesn't sound normal. This sounds out of the bounds of normal lateness and she, irresponsibility. What she sounds is selfish. I, I I agree, but that's what a normal late person is. This is out of the bounds. Well, I personally don't think all of these bullet points have the same value. For example, this first one, she's late at least 15 minutes. We all have that friend who is always late 15 minutes. I know I have been that friend on and off in my life. Sure. Meanwhile, the one where it's a group setting, she shows up one to two hours late. You know, what kind of a group setting? Is it a party? Is it a sit-down dinner? I do think all of these things matter because... I can see how if it's a big group of 20 people, you just sort of roll up whenever. If it's You don't necessarily know if it's a set time or if it matters. So I don't really think that those are necessarily the end of the world. The one that really got me is the waiting outside in the cold for an hour and a half is completely indefensible. Like, did you just forget you told her that? Like, that's actually, it's, it's not even safe. Like, it was December. I assume in a cold place because she said it was cold. It's just not acceptable. The Unforgivable. Furniture, yeah. And the furniture store thing, it's like you made plans. It's just the level of flakiness. She woke up at one o'clock. She w- woke up which at one is, o'clock. Which is why I'm saying she might have a problem. And the worst one is the agreement with, the, with A's mother for the poster because A's mother could have made other plans, other arrangements for that poster. It's like starting to affect... Like on a professional level. I agree. I'm pissed off. I'm just pissed off. I feel pissed (laughs) off. Yeah. I'm very angry. I don't want this. I, you know what? This is what I think, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I agree with the slow fade. I think this demands a no holds barred conversation. Like not like, oh, I don't want to talk about, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just please just drop it. No, Mm -hmm. don't accept that. Like I am not dealing with this ever again. I just want you to know that if this happens again, we're there's gonna be a real problem with us and just really bring it to a head be like i'm not going to deal with this behavior anymore i mean you're disrespecting my time you are absolutely totally without mercy disrespecting Mm -hmm. my time and i'm not going to deal with it anymore we are friends friends are good to each other this is not what a friend does i wouldn't expect my worst enemy to leave me outside of their house for an hour (laughs) and a half in the cold yeah who does that? I mean, I respect your answer. I guess what got me and why I'm thinking slow fade is I feel like this is, to me, I'm getting lost cause right. from this. I think you might be right. But honestly, out of just out of respect for the friendship, yeah, I think that instead of power fading, which is what I usually would recommend, I think they both deserve to give this to each other. I think this girl deserves to get the third degree. Yeah. But she also deserves to get an honest conversation. I, I believe that. Yeah, They've but- had 13 years of friendship. I don't think a power fade is the right thing to do, but okay. she's, it's two wrongs make a right, right? Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Don't lower yourself to her. Oh. Bring it to a head and say, I just want you to know, I want you to know yeah. that if you continue to do this i have no choice i'm done i am at the end of the rope i am done Mm -hmm. i love you but we are i'm like done done i want you to know that we're done (laughs) okay no i i think you're pulling me over to your side i would be curious to know when she has confronted her in the past if she was passionate and as honest and upfront as that Mm -hmm. what really got me is when she said her apology doesn't mean anything to me anymore 
Yeah, what's That's an what apology I, I if you get, keep doing it? I get lost cause from that. It's sort of like it, it's all meaningless. She, but again, you're right. This a 13 year friendship. You're right. You're, you've convinced me. Deserves a fight. Honestly, sometimes a fight is necessary to get out on the other side and to salvage the friendship. I know from personal experience, oftentimes with these long term friendships. It has to get worse before it gets yes. better. Yes, and usually the longer and stronger the friendship, the more vicious the fight. And it's also a test, to be honest, because if you cannot recover from that fight, then that's all you need to know. But honestly, my very best friendships, when we had a fight, it was the one of the best things that happened to us. Oftentimes. It usually results, unless you're starting a fight for petty reasons, yeah, which is never different. a good idea, but if it's a fight about something very serious, a real affront mm-hmm. that's black and white, you should make it as vicious a fight as possible because you need to bring it to a head. You either are going to stop this behavior yeah. or you are going to stop hanging out with that person, period. All right, A. I think the answer here is... Confront her full throttle. Yes. Not gently. Fifth gear, overdrive. (laughs) Yeah, this is not a slow, gentle confronting. Yeah. This is like like a battle axe, like Thor hammer. Boom. Well, because it sounds like this friend might need that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. She's helping her. Even if this ends the friendship, even if after this, they make plans to go to a movie theater and she's like nine hours late or... She's so upset by this confrontation that she like is like, okay, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And it's over. Yeah. Either way, it plants the seed in her head that she is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Not to keep dragging this out, but I feel like the kind of person that exhibits behavior like this to this degree cannot see themselves as a monster. Of course. Like I sense extreme selfishness bordering on narcissistic-ish mm-hmm. traits yes. that I wonder how much energy A should exert towards this. But I, I agree. You're right. 13 years, it's sort of like a last hurrah. Try. And the Otherwise, thing is, the friendship is over, so you might as well at least try to salvage and, it. And, and the thing is, if she had extreme narcissistic tendencies and like this behavior was pervasive throughout all her behaviors and she was acting like a psychopath Mm -hmm. and she was being a miserable like nasty scary human being yeah i would say just don't give her just be like goodbye yeah but she's not she's like probably a decent friend except for this horrific blind spot yeah she needs to be very viciously slapped (laughs) i was gonna say bitch slap but i can't say that all right a I hope we answered that. Good luck. Don't try too hard is what is my final no, thought on this. You've tried hard enough. Yeah. I would say give it one last hurrah. And if she doesn't meet you part way, ugh, there are there are better friends out there. There are people, friends who you choose because you treat each other with respect. You're not friends just by default because you've known each other for years. I agree. And with just one last point, mm-hmm. there's an option B I'm going to present. Yeah. To end the friendship. Yeah. Without the confrontation. Yeah. Tell her you have this great plan. Wait for the coldest day of the year. <laughs> it's a great plan. It's going to be the f- best. It's so fun. This yeah. day is going to be so wonderful. Yeah. Tell her to meet you outside at this place, <laughs> which is not near any indoor area, at exactly 10 a.m. <laughs> and show up at 2 p.m. See how she likes it. See how she likes it. 
Fight fire with fire. Mm-hmm. All right, A, good luck. This next question is from another anonymous. Hello, dear Shandy. Mm. Nice. <laughs> That's cute. I just want to say I stumbled into your podcast a week or two ago, and I am almost all the way through all episodes. Wow. Thanks, Anonymous. I love your story. I love the way you two work through these questions, and you are just overall entertaining to listen to. Mm. Good stuff. Excited to see you continue to grow. I will definitely be passing along to my friends. Thank you, Anonymous. Yes, that's what we want. That's the best. Friends. <laughs> that's the best you guys can do for us. So thank you. I want to preface that I have never considered writing into a podcast before. And honestly, I likely know your take on my situation based on listening to your other advice. <laughs> okay, that, next. <laughs> that being said, based on Andy's qualification of being podcast worthy and having an issue that has at moments kept me up at night, I thought I wouldn't mind hearing the two of you chat through my issue and give me some of your honest opinions about me. I am 34 and live in the Midwest. I have not had a significant relationship since I was 29, but I have continued to date regularly. My two significant relationships from my 20s I met through family and friends, one at a wedding and one at a bar. Both just weren't the right time and or the right person, but I respect them and appreciate what we had. I bring this up because I truly have tried to be open to dating apps, but I have had so many fails, so many shady guys. It is hard not to feel jaded. I also am so attracted to personality and chemistry that swiping on someone's photo is a pretty big turnoff for me. Mm -hmm. I just find it more natural to meet in real life. Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) Reasonable. (laughs) Anyway, I thought it was important to share some of my background, specifically in regard to dating and why this issue slash situation I am about to get into is a bit frustrating. The issue. About a year ago, I met a guy at a softball game with some friends. I wasn't sure if I was attracted to him, but there was something that drew me to him, and I left wanting to see him again. Over the last year, we started hanging out in a group of friends, kind of like a pandemic pod or something. Every time we hung out, I felt there was something between us. We seemed to gravitate towards one another. We were the last ones up talking. We sat next to each other at dinner or shared our meals, etc. We have always been in group settings, which I kind of attributed to why neither of us ever made a move. That being said, I am not the type to make a move. I'm used to guys just being affectionate and direct with me about their intentions. This guy has always left me a bit confused. Are we friends or is there potential for more? Here is where we get some answers. We went on a vacation with a group and everyone was a couple except us. We shared a room and once again, no moves were made, all caps. (laughs) We did everything, however, as though we were a couple, just nothing intimate. Sharing a pool, lounge bed, going out to the beach together, swimming laps in the morning, sitting together at dinner or sharing food. I thought maybe it was because we were both shy and used to the other party being the more assertive one or because we have always hung out as part of a friend group. Never one-on-one and we had never discussed or acted on the potential for more. So maybe we didn't know how to make that move? Yeah, I know that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. She did listen to all of Dear Shandy. (laughs) I like her. I should mention that at this point, I knew I had feelings for him and my attraction to him grew as I got to know him. I was terrified to make a move because I had never been so confused with how the other person felt. There was an obvious connection there, but I don't usually have a hard time knowing how a guy feels. So after the trip, we continued to hang out in group settings. One night, I drunkenly texted him and asked why he never made a move after I was dropped off at home. Yes, apparently I am back in high school. (laughs) Well, he, he made her go there. Okay. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. He forced her. He forced her hand. She did the right thing. I'm glad she did that. A drunken text. Sometimes it's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. He made a joke about it and we never talked about it again. Oh, for God's sake. I had my answer. Or is it for God's sake? I think that's misused. It's God's <laughs> sake, not God's sakes. For the sake of God. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. It's not God's sakes. What does that even mean? I knew what you meant. I know now we are just friends, but I still get confused when we hang out and fall asleep on the couch watching a movie or when he touches me for longer than necessary, dot, dot, dot. There are a lot of excuses I've given for why he isn't making a move. I should mention he is 37. He was in a relationship for almost a decade and maybe needs some time to sow his oats. Maybe we took too long to break out of the friend zone and make things intimate. I could go on and on, but I do understand that if it was going to happen, it likely would have happened by now. It is hard because I felt encouraged by my friend and his best friend. I'm trying to keep this simple, but it isn't simple. It is so confusing and there are so many more details I could get into. It has just left me feeling really defeated. I don't feel like I would normally put up with this. I'm so concerned with ruining the friendship or the group dynamic, but also I feel like I deserve better than this. He is such a nice guy, but at the same time, he is acting like a child. I wish he could be more honest and direct with me because I did make a move, kind of, and he made a joke about it and then never brought it up again. I know that I didn't either, but I was embarrassed. Yet he still kind of leads me on. To wrap this up, I guess I would love your honest opinion on this situation. Was I just reading into things because of my own feelings and really this was always just a friendship or have I been led on? Why was he leading me on? And is he just scared? At this point, I'm put off by the situation. And honestly, I know that it shouldn't be this hard. It's just frustrating when you feel something and see the potential for something great that just never goes anywhere. I also worry that I will move on and then he will admit to feelings leading me to being confused again. By the way, guaranteed. your answer. Yeah. Is it even worth it to seek answers or do I just understand our reality and maybe distance myself from the situation? Okay, before we get to our answer, I followed up with her because I wanted a few more details. I wanted to know how long ago he ended his 10-year relationship. Mm-hmm. Also, I wanted more specifics on the leading on body language because she had mentioned extended touching and I wanted her to be more specific. So his 10-year relationship ended a few years ago. Mm. They've remained friends. And it was with a with a woman, I assume? She, yeah. Okay. She was also married this past... Okay, so... Oh, what were you, where were you Not going? suggesting anything. Yeah, no, I think no, that's a valid I, question. It's worth addressing. Like, now we know he's straight, or at least, you know, he's into women because he was in a 10-year relationship with one. Well, we know he at least gave being straight a shot. I'm not 100% convinced he's straight. It was one of my... I have, I have three possible reasons and one all-encompassing okay, before, reason. Hold that thought. Just remember what you're going to say. I'm just going to provide a few more details. She said, the touching situations would be him coming up behind me and grabbing my shoulders. There are times if I was walking up to him, he would give me a side hug and let it linger. When we sit together and play games, there are playful touches. I will say that we do not touch each other enough to single that we are into it, but there are just little moments that this happens that make me think, what the fuck? This is not a normal friendship situation. Also, notably, he's not like other guys I've dated in terms of temperament. He is more reserved and maybe immature. I'm used to guys being very forward and direct with their feelings and intentions. This balances better with how I am, which can be very timid and reserved until I feel comfortable. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Hmm. 
So do you want to give your yeah, I've most thought, likely I've, reasons? I've been, I've been thinking about this. I believe there is one grand, all-encompassing reason why this is happening. Okay. And then there are three sub-reasons. Sub okay. <laughs> the all-encompassing reason is that the guy is just not, he's not into her romantically. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's 100%. Oh, it's a given. A given. He's definitely not into her. He's not into her uh, as romantically. Romantically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think and he I likes think, her as a friend. I think that's what she was alluding to when she said, I know what you're going to say. Yes. Uh, okay. So let's, and get, we're gonna, let's start right off. Yeah, we're going to say the, the thing way. you yeah. think we're going to say. We said it. He's just you not that into for it. You That's what you wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. Now, Sorry. I mean, I, I, I say that with a heavy heart, but it's there's a lot of words here. And I, I think the answer is pretty it's obvious. pretty clear. So, yeah. But it does help to hear it from an outside perspective. Of course. Perspective. And, and, and I want to make very clear just to... I, I don't want to lose track here, but take note and do not let this distract you from meeting somebody else. That's very important. Gray zone. Yeah. Do not let yourself be in the gray zone yeah. at any age. We, like, stay away. And we will redefine gray zone, but hopefully mm-hmm. down the road we won't have to. Mm-hmm. But gray zone is where you are not being committed to or not in a relationship, but you have blinders on because mm-hmm. you just cannot stop thinking about that person or comparing other prospects to that person. So anonymous. Very dangerous. Yeah. Do not be in the gray zone. I hope you're going on dates and keeping your options yes, open. Yes, me too. I was okay. thinking the same thing. Yeah. Okay. But continue. So, so number one reason, sub reason is that he gets off on you having this unrequited love for him. He loves the attention. He will keep milking this forever. He 100% loves the attention. Mm-hmm. I think that's arguably the top reason. I mean, yes, I so far it's all of the above. Mm-hmm. D, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll let you finish. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate the, 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 con, the concurrence. I've, I'm very passionate about this. He is, and honestly, leading on... I just think that in platonic male-female friendships, sometimes things can get a little tiny bit flirty. It's not always as just like straight sure. and narrow as a pure platonic I think friendship. it's usually there is some flirtiness. Oftentimes. Yeah. If both parties are straight and it's a platonic friendship. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be? Unless you were grossly unattracted to the person physically. Yeah. Or you felt there's a chance they were into you, so you were purposely kind of... But even then, there's that dynamic where yeah. someone's kind of into the other person. 90% of the time, there's a little flirtiness in male-female relationships. Even if it's just playful joking and sort of You think ribbing. 90% of the time? Yeah, I'm going to go 50. Okay, in my experience, it's been very high. I, should, I, I shouldn't tell you I, that. I, no, no. <laughs> Don't hang out with any of your girlfriends. What? <laughs> uh, I'm going to just... Flip through my male friendships really fast and think about this. 70. Mm. 70% of I'll the time. I'll go with that. I'll, 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 I'm good with 70. There's a faint, faint, not meaning anything, not going anywhere. It's not serious, but a faint, flirty vibe to mm-hmm. a platonic male-female friendship. Yes. And I'm saying 70, that, that really leaves a lot of room. Meaning you can have your you can have a partner who has platonic friendships on the side. You don't need to be. No, you shouldn't be worried. Yeah, it's just, I, it, it doesn't mean it, it. It's just part of the chemistry of male female relationships. Yes, oftentimes. Yes. So and also, oh, sorry. Before you continue, don't forget your next bullet point. Mm-hmm. Also, I do think a lot of people, male and female, cannot engage with the opposite sex of approximately their age range 
without a flirty vibe, even if they're not remotely interested. I would yeah. argue that a lot of people, men and women, do this. I agree. I totally agree. Like I ha- at least I would at least <laughs> I've been using a lot of percentages today. At least fifty percent of my female friends, I would say, with their male friends. Whether or not they're interested in them, have hit, have had history with them, or just completely platonic with them, there is a slightly flirtatious vibe. Yeah. I am 100% sure that you are right 50% of the time. <laughs> All right. Next bullet point. Okay. And these go in order of likelihood to, to Le- the yeah. least likely. Yeah. The second one is he doesn't like women. And, I, and I, that's not a joke. It's very possible. Yeah. He was in a 10-year relationship. He hasn't been in anything since. It's been over like it's been three years Mm -hmm. maybe the guy's confused maybe he women aren't his jam yeah i mean it's possible it's totally you know it's totally possible it's possible yeah but it's it's less likely than number one and it's less likely because he wasn't a 10-year relationship with a woman but you never know i mean there are people who have been 30-year relationships with a woman and then come out as gay so but less likely number three the least likely and sort of contradicts the all-encompassing, he's not that into you, or not into you at all, romantically, is that he's a total coward, <laughs> and he literally cannot make a move. And it's gotten to the point where he's so bad at making a move that he's forced himself into the friend zone, and he's, he's accepted his position. Extremely unlikely. That's like 0.5%. Yeah, it's... it's the, <laughs> What's it's, with me in percentages today? But it really is... percentages today. Usually I'm the percentage yeah. guy. Yeah, it's rubbing off on you. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Stay away from percentages. That's my department. <laughs> it's your turf. Yeah. It's super unlikely because of that drunk text. Yes. The drunk text was... It was an open... It was, it was like literally come over and have sex with me. And he was just like... <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, why right. have you never made a move? That's his cue to... Yeah, that's the coward's way out. It's like, yeah. oh, now I know 100% sure that she wants me to make a move. Yeah, and here's the thing. He doesn't even need to respond to that. Yeah. But then he could be like, hey, do you want to hang out in a non-group setting sometime? Now that I know this. You know, yeah. she's made it so easy for him. Oh, no, it's I'm telling you, this, this third, this third more, reason more, is so <laughs> unlikely. It's like one of those elections where it's like, you know, it's like two major candidates and then some write-in that somebody's like a, yes. like Mickey Mouse and yeah. it gets like 0.001. I have to put it in there. Just was, It's a conceivable possibility, mm-hmm. but it's very unlikely. Okay, so question. Do you think it's possible he's just sort of into her, but like passive and not really, not actively into her? But that's the same as not into her. It's a, You can't be a little into someone to the point where you don't make a move for three years. Okay, but but hear me out. Let's say... It's the first option, which we know it is, which is that he's just not into her enough or whatever or at all. Do you think if she started dating someone else, he would be cool with well, that? Well, I was going to get to that. Uh, I was going to get I to that. I know you will. Or we think the same. Yes. We know the answer to this. He what, would suddenly be a little bit more interested in her. A little bit more interested. And if he wasn't significantly more interested, then she is, I mean, the game is up. Like, he is not into her at all. Well, and honestly, that is the answer right there. The fact that it would require her being into someone else or being pursued by someone else or just having someone else in the picture. Or blowing them off, like starting to really blow them off and not being available. All three, all of the, all of the above in any, in any mix. To be honest, the vibe I get from this guy is more that it would require her receiving interest with someone else and just sort of being taken Mm -hmm. for him to be like, hmm. Which, by the way, is the worst 
trait. That's in confirmation a, in a that partner. she should never yes. even entertain the, the fantasy of it. Yes. We're using a lot of words to come to a very simple conclusion. And which, she, is which she knew we were going to come to. You knew what we were going <laughs> to say. He's not into you. Move on with prejudice. <laughs> prejudice. Prejudice. And I would argue that if you don't think you can do that in all these group settings because you are so into him, mm-hmm. that maybe you just sort of avoid being in the same place as him if it's that difficult for you. I mean, it sounds like it really bothers if, her. If, if it's really that bad, if it's a real problem, she can have a talk. She could be like, listen, I mean, his ego is going to go through the roof. But No, could, I don't even want her. I don't want her to give him that because he knows she's into him. I'm just saying if she wants to make it not passive aggressive, she can literally just say, look. I'm into you. I think you know that, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I feel, I don't feel really comfortable being around you and I'm sorry. Like I wish I could do it, but I just don't feel comfortable. I need to move on and blah, blah, blah. And just have the conversation. That's very mature. Extremely but I mature. And she's going to send his ego skyrocketing, but it might be necessary because otherwise it's going to be awkward. And this guy, I feel like this guy needs to understand boundaries a little better. He's, he's kind of abusing her in a way like i think he knows where she is mentally and he should be respecting that he's not it's not really his fault but i'm, I'm trying to put a little yeah. blame on him he sees he could be doing better is I'm, what i'm saying i'm torn because i kind of think she's taking what i see as sort of lighthearted, platonic yeah that sort of flirtation that we mentioned and sort of spinning it as as more of a lead on than I think it is. Um, and right. I and I it pains me to say that cuz I want to side with our reader all the time, but I don't know if what he's doing is that terrible. But there I have a caveat to that. If he continued to do it after she drunkenly texted him and made it pretty clear that she is interested in him or would want him to hit on her or ask her out or whatever, then I think he's leading her on because then he fully knows. So I'd be, to me, it, it matters what side of that right. text everything I, falls I on. I agree. After that text, I think he should have backed off from the touchy feeliness. Yes. And, you know, just out of respect. But also it would be very human behavior for him to continue to do that and even lean into that well, because he likes the attention. Well, then that would have, the sub-reason number one would be strong. <laughs> <laughs> Which was sub-reason number one again? That he loves the attention, basically. Yes. He loves the attention. Anonymous. Yeah, move on. Oh my God, move on. Go on dates. I guarantee you, once you have something else in the picture, this guy's going to see you as very sparkly and shiny and new. And even if he doesn't, who cares? And don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. But if he doesn't, who cares? I am 99.9% sure. (laughs) 99.9% Ninety nine point nine percent sure that he is going to. I, I I agree with you, but if he doesn't, again, I want to make sure this is clear. If he doesn't, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. No, you're right. So it's a continuation of what's been happening. Who cares? Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna win anything here. Mm-hmm. This game is not winnable. Yeah. Move on. And I would say put less stock in these tiny little moments. Like she's really p- thinking about. He put his hands on my shoulders. He hugged me from the side. Like, I've been married to you for so long. And I have, I hug guy friends for longer than I should and hug on the side. Like, touch each other's shoulders. These little things. I don't think it means that much. And I don't necessarily think it's leading on body language. Mm. Again, the the text matters. The the timeline of the text matters. If you responded with a joke, come on. Responded with a joke? Yeah. That was, she's right. Good. That was the answer. It's not good. 
Anonymous. Put zero stock in any of this flirting. And I would say take off the blinders, step out of the gray zone, which I fear you might be in, and go on dates and see what else is out there. Yeah, don't let this stall your progress romantically one more second. Yeah, and if you find you struggle to be able to give other guys your attention, I say go hard. Like, if you know he's going to be in a social situation, you can time it differently or just spend less time with him. You don't have to share your meals with him. You can be in the same group but not be touching or around each other. Just keep your distance. For me, that's just about self-preservation. If she needs to help herself get over it. But otherwise, this, this, is, this is a friendship. It's friendship. Just treat it and like a friendship. And many platonic friendships with no romantic prospects look like this. Yeah. All right, Anonymous. I'm sorry if that wasn't what you wanted to hear. Oh, I think it was what she wanted to hear. Well, it's what she expected to hear. I think she wanted to hear it too. She okay. wanted to close the book. I think this may have closed the book for her. <laughs> Shandy hopes, I'm speaking in the third person again, <laughs> that we close the book. Or in her, in her words, dear Shandy hopes. <laughs> All right, Anonymous, good luck. This next question is from A. Wait a minute, another A? Another A. So we've had an Anonymous. An A. An A and an A. No, Anonymous A, Anonymous A. That's just chance, by the way. Wow. I did not plan it. I'm choosing these based on the questions. All right, let's hear it. (laughs) Dear Shandy, I need help. I am a 25-year-old gal from the Midwest and started talking to this guy, 33 years old, about three weeks ago. We met on a dating app, and after our first in-person date, I knew I was smitten. He is funny, kind, intelligent, and accepted me for who I am, an incredibly socially awkward gal with a habit of talking a bit too much. We have since gone on two more dates. He calls me almost every night, and we usually end up talking for over an hour. I thought everything was going so well, exclamation mark. I even opened up to him about my past and how I am currently trying to work on my own relationship with men, sex, and dating. I let him know that I am not super comfortable with physical intimacy with men at the moment and how it will take some time for me to get there with him. He was super understanding and helped establish boundaries so we could be on the same page. But then, cue dramatic music, I found out something about him, dot, 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 Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess? He's on dating apps. Is that that's my first guess? Okay, you get three guesses. Um, he is gay. Mm, no, I caught that one. He's has a girlfriend. Warmer. He's married. Ding ding ding! Yes, he's married. I was not the one who found this out. My friend did and then told me. I confronted him with this information and asked him if he was indeed still married. It turns out he is legally separated, which is like a divorce, but not a divorce, I guess. And the relationship Mm. he was in was incredibly toxic. He explained that he no longer wanted this person to have control over his life or happiness anymore. And that's why he was waiting to tell me. He went on to explain it's a really hard topic to talk about and is emotionally draining for him, so he usually waits until the third date to disclose this information. I understood this, and even though I felt hurt and betrayed, I agreed to keep talking. He's in the process of going through divorce, but it can be a very long and strenuous process, plus COVID has slowed down the court process even more. 
I felt like all this caused me to pull away a bit, but everything was going great again. But then, cue more dramatic music. <laughs> I found out his ex-wife still lives at the property they share. Mm. And once again, I was not the one to find out this information. My friend was. <laughs> this friend is very involved. Yeah. She's like a PI. I can't really tell whether she's helping or, or hurting this situation. Mm. Because well, it's hard to know. Okay. Do you want to just get to the end and then we'll discuss? Yeah, let's, let's, let's yeah, get to the but end. But you know what I'm going to say. Sure. She did some stalking on Instagram. I don't have social media and immediately told me about this. I, again, confronted him with this information. He said that when we first discussed his marriage situation, he asked me if I had any questions regarding his situation. And honestly, I didn't. The way he talked about it made it seem like a very straightforward separation situation. But to find out that he was married but not divorced, she still loves that their property, and also that I had to be the one to find all this out instead of him telling me makes me uncertain of where to go next. I have been single for a while and have found that it's really difficult to find even one person I click with, so I think I would regret just leaving this situation with him because it is a complicated one. I told him that I wouldn't feel comfortable being romantic anymore, but that we could still hang out as friends. And then once everything is resolved on his end, we could try dating again. He seemed receptive to that idea, but I wonder if seeing him as a friend would make seeing someone else romantically difficult since I'm already talking to someone I have a crush on. Am I dumb for not cutting things off? Is this whole let's be friends thing just not a good idea? Is the juice not worth the squeeze? Thank mm. you both. Even if you don't read this, writing it out has helped me tremendously. Love, A. Uh, so the friend, what I find interesting is that the friend, you know, found out about this guy that he was still married before the third date, because he said he normally discloses that on the third date, which, to be honest, I think is totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. He probably doesn't want to scare away dates. Can I can I just interrupt for a second? Yeah. Also totally reasonable to be dating while you're separated. Yes. But marry. And also, I hate to say it, totally reasonable to still be living in the same house as your wife. Yeah, as long as you're separated. There are couples, as we learned with that family and marriage therapist, there are fully divorced couples who parent together, who yeah. live in the same house. They're basically like business partners. I, I understand that the friend is trying to help her, I think. The friend is annoying. The friend is kind of overstepping, I think, because what she's doing is not allowing this to progress in the way that it should. She doesn't know if he would have told her if, about this stuff. And now she won't ever know. Now she's poisoned the well. And the fact is, the fact is, is that if she was at a bar and she saw this guy making out with a girl. That's different. That's totally different. Yeah. Tell her. I saw your guy making out with a girl. Dump this guy. Forget about it. Why is the friend stalking his Instagram to this degree before the third date? I find that strange friend behavior. Unless she enlisted her friend to find out dirt, but that's also strange. Mm -hmm. Honestly, there's no dirt on this guy. I even have to qualify there's what I said. Even if he was in a bar making out with a girl, <laughs> still kind of fine. Yeah, because they're not... They're not even officially dating. They're just not They're just even on their third date. Other. Yeah. He's allowed to make out with girls. So there's nothing he could do 
short of being married with kids in a totally healthy and functional relationship. He's not, he doesn't have kids, I don't think. No, I'm saying, what I'm saying is if she found out he was married happily and had kids, yeah, that's, that's enough yeah, yeah. to tell her friends. Okay, but I actually have a rebuttal to one thing you said. There's nothing on this guy you said. There's one thing on this guy to me, and it's not the fact that he's married and lives with his wife and all that. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that when she confronted him the second time around with the information that the ex-wife still lives with him, he said when they first discussed it, he asked her if she had any questions regarding his situation, and she didn't. So he's sort of putting it on her, being like, well, I asked you, did you have any other questions? Like, it's that a, it, conversation it's, was the conversation where he should have revealed that he still lives with the, the ex-wife, let's uh, be honest. It's, it's a very minor, it's a low-level misdemeanor. It's yeah, it's low level because I understand why he would still want to kind of put a lid on that because and it's not be let misinterpreted. It. Get to know the person first and then say, by the way, you know, uh, my wife it's, was it's actually, me. you know, it's a bigger it's bigger than a misdemeanor. Okay, I cut. mean, they were having a conversation about the ex-wife. He should have been like. I'm going to let it all out. I'm going to tell think you you're right. That's it, the biggest crime. I think he's you're committed, right. Though, but it's honestly. a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. OK, sure. I, the friend is playing a bigger role in this than I feel like her email. I feel like this friend needs a hobby. <laughs> That's number one. Yes. Either that or this friend. I'm making such leaps right now, but I get the vibe from this friend that she doesn't want a to be in a happy relationship. <laughs> I sort of get that too. There's too much effort. There's too much effort and... I would argue like gusto behind finding out yeah. unfavorable things about this guy. Romance is like the, the beginnings of romance and romance in general can be messy. It can be sloppy. It's not yes. always like, you know, storybook. I'm glad you're saying that actually, because I think a lot of people expect storybook. Like I love our meeting story and our how we met episode and all that, but it actually worries me when some people are like, oh, I want that, or that's so serendipitous, or mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. it was fate and all that stuff. It's like, sometimes... It's a mess. You meet your future husband by cheating on your boyfriend. like, and yeah, Totally. That, you know, it's not always the way you want it to be, right. but that doesn't make that future relationship any less valid I, or magical. Yes, I agree 100%, and that's why it's not a friend's job to point out nuanced issues that she's discovered with this new partner. It's your friend's job to point out extreme red flags that yes. they've discovered by accident. Not yes. because they've been private investigators, which you should never be. That's not your job. Let nature take its course. Yes. And nature was not allowed to take its course. And I think the well may be poisoned to the point where I think she must, she may have to walk away from this or at least say, look, figure out your situation, You know, file your papers, We'll revisit this. Okay, so you don't think it's salvageable? Like they can continue? As I said, I think it's salvageable, but I think they need to step back for a second. I honestly think like they need to restart. It needs breathing room. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I feel like it's just so tripped up at the beginning that... They need a do-over and a little break and then a do-over if possible. And if not, then that's it. They just both move on. So the question is the whole let's just be friends thing. Do you think that's ridiculous? I don't think she should do that. I think that's a real commitment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually being friends. Yeah, that's a hard job. 
Yeah, the whole let's just be friends is usually a, more of a nicety than an actual intention to stay friends. I think in this case, if she finds what she has with this guy so special, she said she never feels this with anyone. You know, these are two... The first one's not a strike, by the way. They never made it to the third date where he should have told her or said he would have told her. I agree. And the only strike, really, there's one strike, and that's that he didn't mention the wife living with him. But even that, I got to say, if they're in the early dating stages, I can see why he would feel reticent to share that. Because if he cared about her and wanted to see where it could go, he wouldn't want to scare her off. I agree. I have a heart for this guy. Uh, The guy's human. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's like a serial killer. Maybe. But from what we have, he sounds just human going through a tough time and trying to be fairly honest about it. Yeah, and trying to date people he's into and not scare them off with the fact that he's not yet fully divorced. You think it's easy to be separated going through a legal divorce, living with your wife and dating? I mean, it's not easy. And that, I'm glad that actually this question's touching on this. It didn't even occur to me the first time I read it, but... Another thing to consider is when you're separated and going through divorce, you may not have the financial means to to have one of you go live in an apartment. Of course. It's a big assumption that you can just be like, okay, we're splitting up. I'm going to have this house. You have your own house. Yes. It's a huge assumption. Yes. Not everyone can afford to do that. I had a friend who was quite well off who yeah. lived with his separated wife for some time while he was dating and she was dating. I think that's more common than people think. People sort of, you know, it's funny. I do think people think that when people get divorced, that it's sort of like, oh, filing for divorce, we're divorced now. Like you have a suitcase with clothes coming out of it and you're just (laughs) running out the door with like socks falling out behind you. Yeah. It's not how it happens. Another cartoonish image. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's true. I feel like people sort of expect it to be like, okay, well... No, it's messy. It's long. It's messy. It's drawn out. And logistics, even if you think about a breakup where you're living in an apartment together, a rental, and then you split split up and you need another place to live, like that can take weeks, months. It can take a long time. This is more complicated than I suspect the friend is making yeah, it easy sound. for the friend to do her sleuthing and try to screw this up. She does, she's not in either of their shoes. Yes. And I maintain, I think the friend doesn't want A. I agree. To find happiness. I know that's such a leap. I'm sure the friend to her grave would argue she was just trying to look out for her. I think the friend wants A to herself. I think so too. And that's not uncommon. Mm-mm. When I met you, a lot of my girlfriends were not cool with it. I know. And you also experienced that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're taking this email in a very different direction than <laughs> she was expecting. It's <laughs> not what she we're paid like, for. We're like, the real culprit <laughs> is the friend. Yes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. She did not allow nature, as you say, to take its course. Maybe this guy is a scumbag, but she's never going to know. She's never going to know. And what's wrong with that, too, is that she already now is wary of him. No. Poisoned well. Poisoned well. I think they've got to do a do-over or not do a do-over. Either way, they've got to sort of take a break. Oh, so I feel a little differently. I feel like if if you pretend the friend never existed, like I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. The one thing he did that I don't like is putting it on her to have you know, specifically asked if he was still living with his ex-wife, that's a little shitty. But 
if this is as rare and special as she thinks it is, I love that he helped her set boundaries. She said she wasn't comfortable with physical intimacy. He just seems like he's been really great, except for this one thing. I gotta be honest, it takes two to tangle. Like, her friend's at fault, but she's also at fault. Like, she's taken what her friend said and 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 interpreted it in the most malicious way. And she's not giving this guy the the respect he deserves at this point. She's not giving him the benefit of the doubt at all. She's she's drawing a line in the sand too early. But I think the damage is done. I think you this think, I think this is already muddied. I feel it's, like it's salvageable. I think that if this is as special as she feels it is then she I shouldn't that, have done what she did. You know, did. there's one strike. There's one strike. Not two strikes. One strike. And that was him not openly revealing that when they were finally having that conversation. Okay. But one strike is not the end of the world. We've had other red flags that are way worse than this, in my opinion. I, I think give it, a, give it a go. See where it goes. Maybe you will discover that he is indeed a total scumbag and a liar. And all the things that I'm sure your friend is trying to convince you that he is... But there's nothing here that makes me think he's a bad guy or not worth trusting. I agree. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. But it would be nice if nature could but, take its course and you could find that out on your own without your friend meddling. Well, I agree. Maybe they can get back to nature, but I don't know. It's been it's been beaten up a little bit. Am I, am I being too optimistic with this? Uh, it can go either way. My feeling is that this just got off on the wrong foot and they and they should probably revisit. See how they feel if they don't see each other for a couple of weeks. Mm, I don't know. The thing that really stands out to me is I have found it's really difficult to find even one person I click with. Then she should have been a little more, a, a little, given a little more breathing room to this. I think they're both at fault. I think she's at fault and her friend's at fault. Like this, And the guy is... I a mean, little bit I, of fault. Yeah, everyone. But believe me, I'm. I blame the guy all the time. So this yeah, is not, yeah. I'm not exciting with this guy. I'm yeah. just saying there's not enough no. proof that this guy's a bad guy. No. That he's doing anything but trying to get through a divorce yes. and date at the same time, which is yes. very hard yeah. <laughs> while you're living with your wife, yes. which is common. Yeah. In a separation, we so, both feel for this guy. Quite so a why bit. is he getting such a hard time? I think she's already given him too hard a time, and her friend, her friend, should just buzz off. Seriously. <laughs> buzz off. Enough with this friend. I haven't heard buzz off in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's an old school one. <laughs> so the real culprit here is the friend, obviously. That's clear that we feel that way. Andy, your take is she's already started to give it breathing room. Forget being friends. You think just spend some time apart. And if they miss each other, they kind of want to rekindle it. Give it another yeah. go. Give it a few weeks. Yeah, take a, take a breath. They both need to take a breath. This didn't get started the right way. Mm -hmm. This is a little poisoned. Yeah. Take a breath. Take a little time. I'm not saying take six months because in six months, they're both going to probably forget about each other. Take a couple <laughs> weeks, a week or two. See what happens. Be more open-minded. Give the guy a chance. If you had such a great connection with him, why are you demonizing him so fast with, with scant evidence from your, your, well, your mole of a friend? friend. <laughs> she has her friend on her shoulder, like whispering in her ear. I think she should listen to this friend less, not only in this situation, but in many situations. Yeah, and I agree. Yes, this friend needs a hobby. Mm -hmm. So my take is a little, as usual, slightly softer, although your take is soft. Yeah. For for Andy, for yeah. an Andy take. A soft Andy take. I think that, I mean, the whole let's be friends thing, like what is, it's not like they each need no. friends. <laughs> no, she already has her friend, the <laughs> private <got> investigator. 
What more does she need than that girl? <laughs> so yeah, Andy's take is give it a little breathing room. I don't think that's bad advice. For me, I just don't think there's enough broken here or enough poisoned mm-hmm. to to say that this is doomed or even yes. needs breathing room. I I think just sort of try to pick it up where it left off and just let nature take its course finally. And if there is another strike, another shady thing that he should have told you about, of course. then then that's different. As with all situations. As with all situations. Give him more of the benefit of the doubt and give your her friend, friend less. less. Jinx. All right, A, good luck. All right, this next question is, do you need a snack? No. This next question is from Rachel. Oh, a person with a name. <laughs> Dear Shandy, I love your podcast and admire the positive example of a healthy relationship you provide to your viewers. How nice. Thank you, Rachel. I like how everyone leads off with a compliment. Not everyone. (laughs) No, it's true. Some people just get right into it. I'll be honest. I have not dated the most emotionally available men in the past, but after doing work on myself, I believe I've gotten much better at recognizing a toxic relationship and leaving much faster. I am 34 and looking for a healthy, loving relationship that leads to marriage. I'm a well-educated woman and have done fairly decent financially in my career when compared to your average 34-year-old. About three years ago, I changed my career path and became a realtor, and about eight months ago, I moved to a different state, so I had to get relicensed. All of this was fine because I sold my house before I moved, which provided me plenty of money to hold me over while I reestablished myself in a new town. Essentially, the way I live my life, I will be fine to live off that money another year even if I don't sell a single home. I have recently started going on dates with a man three years older than me who is very well off financially, like owns a private jet well off. Mm. That's very well off. Oh yeah, that's up there. (laughs) I have previously dated a man that was similarly well off and it didn't sit well with me for some reason. I'm writing to you to see if you can help me identify why the difference in income bothers me so much and for suggestions on how to get past it. This guy seems like an amazing man and I don't want to ruin it over my insecurity. We met on a dating app, Hinge, and chatted for about a month before we met because he owns a vacation home near me but lives in another state. We went on two dates the first time he came to town and have been on two more dates since he came back to town this week. We are still in the makeout stage, so nothing overly sexual has occurred. I love that, the makeout stage. It's a real thing. In our time talking, he has divulged that he has a therapist and reads many relationship books, which I find very attractive. But does he listen to Dear Shandy? (laughs) I have also been on a journey of self-improvement, and this is the first man I have met that is doing the same. He is happily divorced and has two young kids. I have never been married and don't have children. Typically in relationships, I'm more of a, I'll get this dinner, you got the last one kind of person. This kind of arrangement doesn't work so well when your date is buying $300 bottles of wine to go with dinner. I know I have found it frustrating and limiting to date men who tend to be cheap, so I don't want to hinder the relationship by suggesting lower-end restaurants, but I also don't want to seem to be the kind of woman that never offers to pull her weight when it comes to nights out. 
These kinds of relationships also typically come with lavish, over-the-top vacations that one could only dream of experiencing, and I don't even know how to contribute in the least bit because I'm more used to going 50-50 on a $200 per night stay. It's much different when the room is $3,000 a night. I'm not saying that in either case that the men made me feel like I needed to contribute financially, but I worry that I could seem like a gold digger or rude if I don't at least offer to pay my way. I think the most disappointing experience with my ex was that I wanted to buy his birthday dinner. He agreed at first, but then later decided he wanted to order an expensive bottle of wine, and he asked for me to just let him pay. I insisted that I wanted to pay and for him to just get the wine. He didn't and wouldn't tell me what he had wanted to order, so he just went without it on his special day. I wanted to do one nice thing, and it left me feeling like I had instead put a damper on his fun night. The other thing that bothered me about that relationship was his friends suspected I was only in it for his money. But in reality, his money was actually making me consider ending the relationship. Hmm. FYI, the other guy was actually a few months younger than me, so in no way is this any kind of sugar baby scenario. In the end, I broke up with him after about six months of dating and a few rude remarks from him about me being, quote, lucky to be there during a slight disagreement on a trip to the Super Bowl. Ooh, never a good move. (laughs) Okay, so now we know why there's... I feel, I was waiting for something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that put a sour taste in her mouth. Obviously, I knew going to the Super Bowl would have been unlikely without him, but I didn't like his tone or the underlying message that came with that statement. I dated him a few more weeks after that statement and broke up with him when I realized I would never marry someone who uses his generosity as a weapon. Are you Okay. No, I already know what I'm going to say. Okay. You could go on, you could go on One, for a long time. I'm already there. Okay. Want me to get to the end? Sure. I know this problem probably seems like boo-hoo, a young rich guy wants to date me, but I really don't want to get in my own way. Do I tell him my concerns about dating someone so well off? I kind of feel like if this was the other way around that I might be offended by a man being insecure that he makes less than me. Do I just not offer to split expensive things instead of not bringing it up? He has already joked about us going on fancy trips, and I know it's new, so this may never come to pass anyways. But I really don't know how to let him know that I'm basically a poor person compared to him. I feel like I've already been putting myself down a bit by criticizing my old car and other things when I'm around him, like being critical of the condo I'm renting. I also find myself buying more high-end clothes and shoes when I'm in these types of relationships so I can look the part at nicer restaurants how do i quit letting my insecurity around money get the best of me thank you rachel first of all she gets the dear shandy gold medal for the the best humble brag we've heard so far (laughs) which is uh how can i just stop having all these fabulously wealthy men pursue me it's funny that she's dated two fabulously wealthy men this is the thing Right from the opening, you could tell just by how she was leading with the email that she puts an enormous amount of weight on being financially self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. It's very important to her. Yes. She's almost, you can almost say she's blinded by it. She, I don't even I would, know if she knows why. I am so glad you're saying that because I agree completely. I'm and of glad. course, I understand she was setting the stage for her financial situation. Right, it was in context. But it was also, it bled into the rest of the email too. If I was a therapist, I would just be like, 
Why is it so important? I get. To, I just keep asking why. Why do you need to be the breadwinner? Why do you need to have more money? Why does it matter that he's? I would just keep asking her. What makes? How does that make you feel? How does it make you feel when you're not self sufficient? How does it make you feel when you're not the one making the most money? Mm-hmm. It's just a hang up. There's something. It's been driving her. She she clearly wants to be, if not the breadwinner, she wants to be on the same level as her partner financially. Yeah. And she has to Which, think by about the way, is just why. Not, I'm going to bring into this a story of a friend of mine who, back when she was dating a guy, they're not together anymore, but she was dating a guy who made a lot more money than her. And she was, and she made very little money at that time. And she was really hell bent on doing 50 50 on everything and just sort of offering almost, I would say, as like a social crutch Mm. he would want to go to nicer places or or choose things that he could afford and then she couldn't not offer to pay her share and honestly it was above her means and and it became a point of contention in the relationship because i think she sort of felt like you're saying she she had a hang-up she wanted to feel like she was contributing that they were equals Mm -hmm. but i think it's so important in romantic relationships, to differentiate uh, financial security from being otherwise equal. Like, who cares? Like, the money thing is a separate entity. You can totally be equals and one person make 10 times the money. Absolutely. And also contribute 10 times the money, because I think if you are making 10 times the money, that it shouldn't be 50 50. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, it should be a, at the very least like 70. 30. <laughs> I think that you should contribute proportionate to what you make. Sure. I think she really needs to soul search and think about why. Mm-hmm. Really think about it. Why does she need this? Well, unfortunately, I don't think that last relationship helped. The comment about you're lucky to be here during yeah, that wasn't the good. Super Bowl. But I'm it, reminded- it's possible they had a really big fight and he just said that out of anger. Yeah, like but it, it may it, not reflect how he is otherwise. Yeah, you don't know. but mm, here's the thing. It reminds me of my big ex. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. I brought him up many times on this podcast by now mm-hmm. uh, from a very wealthy family. And I remember when we, we were on and off, like on and off again, on and off again, over over several years it was a very drawn out messy breakup and the final time we broke up because I I'll, I would never forget this and I never got back together with him after this he said I've spent tens upon tens of thousands of dollars flying around the world to visit you as hmm. though that's something that I should feel indebted to him for right. and it really really bugged me that he used that against me. Like she said, the generosity being weaponized. Mm-hmm. It's extremely off-putting, and I can see why it would put a sour taste in her mouth about dating other men in that financial position. Sure. But at the end of the day, this new guy is a different person. It sounds like he's doing work on himself. We don't know how he made his money. I, I do sometimes think that there is a correlation between men who make a ton of money and some hangups they might have. Yeah. That's a story for another day. Another day, another podcast. Yes. But I agree with you. I think, Rachel, you need to do a little soul searching on why it bothers you so much if you don't contribute 50-50 because it sounds like 
you're doing just great for 34 and that you're very impressive. You are financially stable and you have plenty to show for your hard work. And that is a separate thing from you being able to pay for your boyfriend's $300 bottle of wine. If he wants to order a $300 bottle of wine on his birthday, let him do it. Sure. That's not your problem. You don't need to pay for that. I understand how it might be a little like, oh, but I wanted to treat you. So the fuck what? He can afford it. He wants to buy it. Let him buy himself a bottle of wine on his birthday. And, you know, I don't mean to be blunt, but if guys who own private jets are pursuing this woman, she obviously has, I'm assuming, has some really good qualities and they certainly aren't looking for how much money she makes. So, yes. So... She is to define herself, which I believe she's kind of doing to define herself by how much money she makes Mm -hmm. is is really self-destructive because she clearly has a lot of good qualities that are attracting men with means, Mm -hmm. not to be blunt again. No, and it's important to mention men with means, especially young men with means. Have options because that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, men they have options. It's just the way it is. They may have bad taste, but they have options. Yeah, 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 Many yes. bad taste options, yeah, yeah. and they choose her. Yeah. And they're not choosing her because she's rich. Yes. If anything, these are the kind of guys who would prefer a woman to not so? have money. So, you think so? You know, I think rich guys generally want to be like the guy who's making everything. I think that a lot of them are indifferent to it, but all the more reason why she should also be indifferent. She's clearly attractive, not whether it be physical or her personality. She's an attractive package. And these guys are not attracted to her because she has money. Yes. Yes. So forget about the money. If you need for yourself, for some reason, to make a good amount of money and really be self-sufficient, I get that. But really look inward and and just think about, just sit with yourself and really think about why that's so important to you. Yep. Just think about it. Yep. What happened as a child? What happened with your parents? Like really go psychoanalysis on it. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And in for current advice to move forward, you know, that that's a sort of an ongoing sure. journey. Yes, I agree. But for current advice, try to just kind of get over it. <laughs> I would say I would say this is a classic chill out. This is a classic chill out. Yeah. Money is no object for these men. Stop seeing your offering to to pay out of your comfort zone honestly from a financial standpoint for things to prove that you're not with them for their money it's ridiculous these guys want to spend money on you they want it it makes them happy and on themselves and on themselves yes they don't care if you spend money they'll they'll find it endearing and nice and it shows that you're in it with them if you offer to pay for things Mm -hmm. that are expensive but that's not they're not in it for that i think all you need to do in this situation rachel is pay here and there if you're if you're dating a guy who's private jet rich let's be honest pay here and there you can get a round of drinks somewhere or treat him to something yes. somewhere else round it shows drinks. yeah it shows right. that you're not just in it for the free ride and free meal or whatever free vacation but the rest of the time chill, chill it's okay out. you can if they want to treat you to something and and it makes them happy to do that let them don't don't make this more complicated than it needs to be. Her money should not define the relationship, should not define her. Yep. Nor should she let the guy's money define the relationship. It, money should which, never define anything. Which, by the way, is what she's doing. Yes. She's allowing these wealthy guys, 
money to define how she acts in this relationship, mm-hmm. how she dresses. She's trying to keep up with the Joneses a little, at least a bit. Yeah. And I understand she's got a sour taste in her mouth because of the ex. Act the way you would act. Dress the way you would dress. Why would you want to attract someone based on sort of trying to be this other persona anyway? Be yourself. It's working. Just be yourself. They like you. Be yourself. Yeah. Ah. Mm. I love our trite answers. (laughs) Sometimes you get a question and um, the person knows the answer. They really do. I think she knows the answer. I think so, too. And she just needed to air it out. Rachel, chill out. Don't buy things you don't feel comfortable buying financially. Mm -hmm. And enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy your private jets. I want a piece of that action. I mean, why not? Yeah. You may not end up with this guy with the private jet, but one day you might look back on this and be like, that was fun. Yeah. And by the way, dear Shandy wouldn't mind you know an invitation to the to the jet one you know you never know to, to the the free vacation yeah, just a little jet ride with your shandy for the help we tried to give all right rachel good luck all right i think we can wrap there andy feel good i feel uh feel like we got through it you're you're depleted i can tell i'm depleted this was a heavy session these were tough ones there were no my brain hurts yeah there were no softballs in this bunch no yeah isn't it amazing how many relationship questions there are (laughs) it's unbelievable it's they just keep coming there's an infinite i think there's an infinite number of relationships but don't say that because we still want more questions send your questions i'm not saying we have an inventory of infinite questions i'm saying that there are when it comes to love i believe an infinite number of scenarios I hope so, because otherwise our podcast will be yeah. donezo sooner than we'd like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be answering the exact same questions over and over. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Dear Shandy. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we're going to ask of you. We want you to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, leave us iTunes ratings and reviews, and telling your friends. Mm-hmm. And generally doing the things that you would do to keep a podcast in business. Because truly, the best thing you can do for us is to help us grow. We like growth. We like growth. If we don't grow, I don't know how long we're going to do this for, to be honest. (laughs) You're not supposed to say that. (laughs) It's true. No, you're supposed to say that. Yeah, it's true. So thank you guys so much for your support. And we will see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.